You're listening to the Open Court Podcast with Jay Young, Bob Huesler, and Joe DeSantis. An all-access pass to Fairfield University men's basketball. Well, we welcome you back to Open Court with Jay Young, your information source for Fairfield University basketball. Time to hear from the second-year head coach of the Stags, Jay Young. I'm joined by the Fairfield Hall of Famer, Joe DeSantis. I'm Bob Eastler, and uh, it's week two of what's already proving to be a challenging season for the Stags. They got some bad news from the NCAA literally on opening day, and then they tangled with the tough Providence team on opening day. Then came postponement number one of the season. A game against Stony Brook was pushed back, and then came postponement number two of the season. That was a game against Sacred Heart that at this point looks like it's been canceled. Other than that, everything's moving along just fine for Jay and the Stag as they get ready for, uh, well, we'll call it Hartford Week, a home opener against Hartford on Wednesday, and then a return game against Hartford up there on Sunday with that rescheduled game against Stony Brook in between. So with that as a uh, table setter coach, let's start with that news from the NCAA about Jake Wojcik and Zach Chrysler. Both had waiver applications from the NCAA turned down. Certainly a disappointing news. You did actually did find out about this on the day you were uh, opening against Providence, didn't you? Yeah, we found out. Uh, I was in my hotel room, got a call from our AD, Paul Slickman, told me the news, you know, a few hours before game time. And, uh, you know, obviously brought Zach and Jake up right away and, and uh, let them know what was going on. You know, so, so certainly not an ideal time to hear, um, but, uh, you know, really nothing we could do about that. And, and, and you know, feel really bad for those guys. Um, thought we had some compelling arguments for them to play right away. We st- still feel that way. Uh, but at, at this point, um, you know, we're going to proceed as, as if they won't be here this year. Uh, playing anyway. They're going to certainly be here helping us out in practice and, and part of the team, but but not competing this year. I know it's disappointing news for everybody involved. Um, how did they take it? Was it um, Did they take it harder than um, maybe you thought they would, or was it something you were kind of all of you as a group were bracing for? Well, I, I, you know, I, I think you never want to get your hopes up too high. Uh, we always knew that there was a reality that that could happen, but Again, we were optimistic. Uh, we were looking at kind of the trends of what were happening with other waivers. Thought that you know that, that a lot of them had been approved, and that um, you know we had very good arguments. Like I said, so yeah, everybody was disappointed. Uh, I felt awful for them. They'd worked very hard. Uh, they were uh, excited to play and compete, and and uh, you know that's what they want to do, and that's why they're here. So it was. Um, it was it was a tough start to to the Providence game for sure, and uh, you know I appreciate those guys coming and and uh, you know they were great cheerleaders on the bench and and cheering the teammates on after getting such difficult news. So uh, Jay, you know um, I don't want to bring up uh, bad memories, but you you certainly could have used both of them. Yeah. You were two for fifteen from three, and Supreme Cook fouled out in eighteen minutes. But right. enough of that. I don't I don't want to. <laughs> we don't need to elaborate on that. So were they actually with you? The whole trip? Yeah, so we applied for a waiver. Normally they couldn't travel, but we applied for the waiver with the expectation that we would probably get news on the road. Um, so so they were with us. Now, I have a question, and I've asked a couple of coaches who don't know the answer. 
So these two kids sitting out with the mulligan this year given to the kids where the, everyone this year will be able to play an extra year, will they have three years of eligibility for you or two? No, no. So if you played this year, you wouldn't have lost a year of eligibility, but they'd right. come back with, with – well, Zach's, Zach would have three because he's only a sophomore. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Jake would have two, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, and then you, with that as a, the bad news, as, as a backdrop, like you said, the timing wasn't exactly ideal. You get that news as you're literally are getting ready to play Providence. You go out and you play the Friars, and Coach, uh, the – Early going in that game was encouraging. Then it got away late in the first half and the second half you want to just throw out. But how much of that Providence game had to do with the Friars' physical advantage and how much of it you lay on maybe your team losing some focus there, particularly in the second half? Uh, you know, both. Uh, certainly, you know, we were overpowered physically by their front court. Uh, you know, the game just – you know, I've, I've watched the tape a couple million times, I think, but um, we really, the, the last seven minutes, we did a really poor job of mismanaging it and, you know, the game. We never should have gone down 12 at halftime. Uh, should have been at the most like six or eight. And then we come out of the second half, we miss a dunk to start with, we get a stop, uh, get fouled, miss two free throws. So what could have been, you know, a, a different way to start the second half, uh, we don't execute. And then we come down and... Uh, give up a three-point play on, on a play that we had gone over, you know, several times. So I, I was frustrated with our execution and and just the game management part of it. Um, we had took some bad shots, uh, you know, we kind of kind of panicked in that last seven minutes and uh, got to do a better job. I got to do a better job in those situations with the guys uh, because it could have been uh, we weren't winning the game. I'm not saying that, but but the mismanagement at the end of the first, the last seven minutes of the first half, and then to begin the second half, and then then the wheels came off. I was a little disappointed that we we didn't compete a little harder when we got down. Uh, so we'll, we're going to fix those things. We're addressing them, and and you know we were gassed. That's the one thing that I came. I, I couldn't believe how just tired we were. Uh, we had just really struggled to get up the floor with some plays and it, it just seemed our conditioning was much worse than I thought. So all those factors plus a very, very good Providence team. And, and uh, you know, the, the result was what it was. Okay. So you're not going to make an excuse. I will. Um, there's a term in, in basketball among coaches, especially your first game called game slippage. Now game slippage occurs when you practice for five weeks or whatever, and then you get in the game and you look like you haven't practiced or you look like, you know, you don't do what you normally do for whatever reason, the opponent, the fact that you guys did not have a steady diet, if you will, of practices had to have hurt you. Well, we, you know, we, I, I think Joe is more because we did have a steady diet of practice going in. We, we had been going pretty well for about three weeks, but it was, it was more the roster uh, and who was available to us because of injuries that part was very fluid. Um, Supreme had been practicing on and off, almost, you know, at that point every other day. Uh, Jalen uh, sat out. I think we, we practiced him one or two days before Providence had sat out. Cal did basically nothing for, uh, I don't know, two and a half to three weeks leading into the Providence game. You know, I, I, I threw him in there just because just we needed another body. So, you know, we really went into that game without with the news with Jake and, uh, and Zach with – and you count Cal really not doing that. We went in there really with eight scholarship players. Mm. Um, so it was 
it was more the lack of the consistent bodies on the practice floor for us rather than the fact we had, we had been going for about three weeks straight without interruption. So for us, I think, I think that's, that's good for any team in college basketball. Now you can practice three weeks straight without being interrupted. So um, I was just, like I said, I, I was disappointed uh, certainly on me about our management of the last seven minutes of the half uh, and some shot selection, some decision-making there that made it a 12 point deficit at halftime when it should not have been. And coach, it sounds like uh, you, it was an eye-opening um, revelation that you were gassed as much as you were uh, in the second half of that game against Providence. Uh, there are some understandable reasons, but the question would be, you know, how long is it going to take before you think you can't really know until you actually see it in the game before you think you can get to that point where at least physically you are where you want to be? It's probably going to take a few games. The, the uh, You know, and I, I've been trying to be conscious of it. it. It's a double-edged sword. You want to push them in practice to get them right. in better shape. But you also know you got to play a lot of games and you're extremely thin in your front court. So uh, I, I noticed it more with our front court guys, and, and certainly they were wrestling with a, some big dudes down there uh, that took the wind out of them. So we just, you know, we, we've been trying to make them move a little more in practice and uh, – and, and, you know, little less breaks, trying to do a little less teaching and get them on the move. Uh, but, but that's the one thing that kind of jumped. I couldn't believe how tired we were, like you said, especially in the second half. Uh, we just our, – our legs were not there. Uh, and, again, you know, I'm not making excuses. Providence uh, certainly manhandled us. I, I just thought the physical aspect of us, they just kind of wore us down and, and punished us up front. From a uh, mental standpoint, how did the team come out of it? Nobody likes to get whacked the way uh, you did in that first game. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's, it's a group with uh, four new stags, a couple of transfers, a couple of frosh. Uh, how did they collectively as a group, you know, come out of it in the practices that followed? Yeah, I just want us, you know, I, I told them to throw the score out, it, it, you know, if we lost by one, we'd still be disappointed. Obviously we, we got hit pretty good, but you know, it's not the score, it's the execution, the, the things that we had gone over that we have to improve on. Um, and that's what I want them to focus on. Don't focus on the fact that we got blown out. That that happens. It's happened to, I've been part of a lot of blowouts and I'm on the other side too. I mean, if you look at college basketball in general, you had, I think I was talking to them about Oakland. Oakland got blown out by Xavier the first Right. Uh, night of college basketball, and then they take Michigan to in, in overtime the other day. So you got to not focus on the score. Your focus should be on the details and your execution and what we need to do a lot better. All right, let's get past uh, that Providence game. Uh, you have uh, a busy schedule this week. We thought you were going to have a busy schedule last week, and look what happens. You end up with a couple of postponements. Um, actually, let's start with that. How did that, you know, how did you have to adjust in terms of work week after you got news of first the postponement with uh, Stony Brook and then followed by the postponement against Sacred Heart? Yeah, uh, it's, you know, I feel bad for the assistants who have done all the work with scouting and then we're kind of changing on the fly, but that's college basketball in 2020. That's, that's what's going to happen. Um, so uh, I had a feeling before our Providence game, that the Stony Brook game was in jeopardy because we had heard of a couple positive tests um, that would might affect that game. So I knew fairly quickly uh, on uh, Thanksgiving Day that the Stony Brook game, we were going to try and move that. And I, I didn't know about uh, – I got a call from Anthony Latina 
I think it was when we were supposed to play them Sunday. I got a call, I think, Friday night about their positive test that they had. So uh, we just kind of keep moving. And, and uh, you know, the message all along, we got the same goals, different path. Tell the team that this is what's going to happen. And it's going to happen again. There's 100% yeah. it's going to happen again. And there's not that we just got to go and have a good practice and prepare for who's ever next. And if that changes, we'll, we'll just keep moving. Now, the Stony Brook game was rescheduled, as we've already mentioned. You will be playing that. Uh, that's coming up on uh, Friday. Uh, the, Sacred, the Sacred Heart game, is that canceled? Is that gone? Or is there a chance that maybe you can cherry pick it somewhere along the line here? Yeah, Anthony and I talked about that a little bit. Um, there is a chance we're trying to find a, a, a date that it could work out. It's going to be challenging to do that. But we – I wouldn't say canceled yet, but um, – we're going to have to come up with, with something else. We talked about maybe trying to uh, fit it in once our both of our league plays starts cause so, because we're so close. So we'll continue to have those discussions. But right now, we do not have a date for that game. Okay. Um, let's talk a little bit about personnel coming out of the Providence game and getting ready now to play Hartford a couple of times this weekend in the Stony Brook game. Uh, now that you know that you're going to be without Jake, who – arguably could have been your leading scorer based on just this incredibly small sample size, the game against Providence. Who do you look now to as guys who need to maybe assume more of, of the scoring burden for the Stags? I really think, you know, we'll be doing it by committee. Um, and, and we just, you, you know, if you look at the numbers from the Providence game, a lot of three for eights where those – if they're four for eights, they're, you know, they're a lot better, obviously. And it's, it's just a matter of guys. Our shot selection was, you know, I thought we just panicked with shot selection a couple times. Um, so I really don't have a guy we're all going to have to step up. Everybody's going to have to play better. We're going to have to take better shots. We're going to have to work to get the ball in better position for guys. Uh, you know, get some more offensive rebounds. Uh, than we did the other night. Although, you know, certainly I don't think we'll see a team again with Providence size up front, but I, I think it's just going to have to be by committee and guys are just going to have to step up their games and elevate them now that we, we, we won't have those two guys. Already made mention of the fact that you had uh, four players who made their stags debuts against Providence. Let's take them in uh, two groups. One, the, uh, the guys who did have a year of practice under the belt, the, uh, the transfers, uh, Chef and, and Caleb, your thoughts on uh, their first games at the Stags? Yeah, for, for both guys, uh, you know, it's a combination of good and bad. Um, I thought Caleb was fine. Uh, obviously, the five turnovers for him is just way too many, uh, and he knows that. He's, you know, he's the, he's the most critical uh, guy on himself, and, and just some of the plays were kind of, I guess, anti-Caleb type of plays where we hadn't seen before some of the decision-making. So, you know, you saw a little rust with him. He had a couple finishes that went in and out, and it, it turns like, a, you know, a four for get 10 game and for a five for 10 if he makes one of those. And I, I thought he was fine. The one thing is the turnovers. He, he you know, and he knows this five turnovers, way too many. Uh, he's got to cut that down. And, they, again, they were just plays that normally, you know, he doesn't make, which, uh, which he recognizes. And Chef? Same. Had some good moments. I thought he was one of the guys who really got gassed. Uh, he, and, uh, you know, we, we talked to him about playing through some fatigue a little more. We had a sub at the table for him trying to get him out, and it cost us a timeout to, to kind of do that. Um, 
So he's got to get himself in a little better shape, but, but the same thing, uh, you know, he gets eight rebounds. He, uh, gets a seven points and eight rebounds, uh, only one offensive, uh, he's battling down there with a bigger guy, big, strong guy. Uh, he had some good moments, had two turnovers. We can't have our, you know, four man having two turnovers to add into that category, had some good moments and and had some bad moments for us. I think I, I, I would probably answer that about just about every guy yeah. uh, going down the. So uh, both guys, you know, spent a good portion of after the Providence game watching a ton of film with them just recognizing the mistakes and, and the plays that we could have made instead of uh, the ones we did. So I think you saw a little rust on those two guys. Uh, uh, and and hopefully, you know, now that they got that first game out, uh, of the way they will come back against Hartford and certainly play better. And you had the uh, two two fr- uh, true frosh out there. Uh, Supreme Cook got the start. Jalen Leach off of the bench. Supreme uh, looked a little uh, nervous there uh, in the opening minutes, and uh, Jalen came in and, and banged a three. And <laughs> hopefully, the first of many threes, you'll get it from him this year. You're going to need him, right? We sure are, yeah. Um, you know, Supreme, we, we put him, quite honestly, we put him in such a tough position, you know, to, yeah. to uh, you know, we knew Watson would start the game. We thought we might have Zach and we could kind of rotate him and Supreme, get some bodies on Watson. Uh, when we didn't have Zach, you know, really a tough job for Supreme. And early he was really good. He, uh, he worked hard. He got around him, uh, got wedged under a little bit, but that's going to happen. And his second foul was really – uh, you know, and again, we went over this with him. Just he reached over the top trying to get a steal and, uh, you know, put him to the bench. So uh, I thought he he really battled with him early and just a, a you know, really not a, a fair way to start your college career by right. having you go up against him. And I thought I thought he hung in there and, and with limited practice time. That was the other thing. You know, he had not been practicing much on and off. Uh, you know, me was still bothering while he was out there. So, so for him, you know, I said, we're just going to throw you out there and see what you can do. And, and I, I thought he really competed and battled. We uh, talked to you at this time last week about who uh, you would be starting uh, against Providence. And look, we all know that a, a lot of us in the media and fans uh, make a big deal about the starting five, but I imagine it's a, a fluid situation for you um, as you negotiate these these unusual waters uh, early in the season, particularly. But you decided to go with obviously Caleb at the point and Taj and Jesus and uh, Chris and, and Supreme up front. Um, is that something that, as I just hinted, you might you know look at on a on a game and game uh, game by game basis, or uh, do you think you might lock in with those guys uh, for a while here? Yeah, it, so much of it depends on you know, and, and you're 100 percent right. It's more important to the fans and the and the kids than it is to me. I'm you know I'm trying to get us our best start, and a lot goes into that with matchups. And you know, right. I did not want to put Chris on Watson and and have him pick up two early fouls. Um, we felt we needed Chris to to be in the game, um, but yeah, I mean. You know, a lot of it has to do with matchups. A lot of it has to do with um, who's playing well, who's competing. Uh, so it's always fluid. Um, and, you know, when you're searching for answers, sometimes try and give your team the best chance to get off to a good start. Sometimes you will make change just for the sake of making change. So uh, we just, you know, we don't have a lot of options. We're down, you know, we right. have nine scholarship players now uh, that can check into a game. And Cal has done uh, 
he's back now, but he's had about a week of practice. So we're down to like eight bodies. So there's, there's just not a lot of options right now. Hey, Jay, um, returning guys, we saw Taj and Cruz pretty much do what they've done in the past. You know, Taj with uh, good hustle, 10 points, four rebounds. Cruz with his eight points. The one question I have is uh, Chris Mido. Um, you saw him make the nice jump hook in the lane. And then it, I'm not going to say he was hunting threes, but he was all for four from three in uh, 24 minutes. Are we going to see more of that? Or is that just, was he no. just put out or what, what happened there? <laughs> yeah. uh, the answer is no. Uh, the, uh, you know. I could see your face and I, I, I knew what you were going to say. Go ahead. The, and, and again, this is a part of Chris's worked hard on the game uh, and, and tried to expand his, and, and we love the fact that, I feel good about him shooting a type of three, but I, right. all threes are not created equally. You know, there's, there's, right. there's runaway threes, there's, there's dribble threes. There's, so if Chris is coming behind the basketball and stepping into it with his feet set and good rhythm, uh, I've got no problem with him taking it. And I think it's going to go in because that's what he's been doing in practice. It was the type of threes that he took that right. were, I guess I, the, the word is panic, I guess. And we, I watched him with him, you know, right after the game uh, and said, these aren't the threes that you can be taking, Chris. We're just not there yet with your, your development. So, and, and we did, I, I felt I really kind of did a poor job with Chris too. We should have got him stuff more at the basket, called his number a couple more times to get him going. Um, and, and we talked about that as a staff. We can't have him. He needs to take, um, you know, we're trying to get him to 10 field goals and, and four of them can't be threes. Uh, you know, if he makes, if he gets a couple rhythm ones, that's fine, but that's just not where he's at right now. So again, we, that's, that was addressed and, and he understands that there's no, uh, Chris is just a great kid and he'd be the first to tell you his shot selection. He just got a little carried away with some stuff. So um, we're going to fix that. Coach, it's often said in college football that the biggest improvement uh, is made uh, after game one into game two. Now, that's not quite a good analogy because college basketball is an entirely different animal. Yet, uh, as you get ready to play game two against Hartford, what are the main areas of improvement you're looking for from your stacks based on what you saw in the opener against Providence? I think composure, uh, you know, I, I really thought we lost our composure. Um, yeah, you know, I, I say this province was, was going to beat us, um, but we didn't have to get beat by, you know, 41, whatever the score was. It, it wasn't that, I mean, nobody beat us like that last year. Um, and we certainly played some, some, a big schedule last year. So um, I was just a little uh, down on our composure at certain minutes in our fight uh, obviously, we have to improve with our execution. We have too many turnovers. We didn't re rebound the ball like we should have. Um, we've got a lot of areas to improve in, but but mostly, you know, when watching the film with the guys, and I explained this to them just and used the example in the first half. We like I, I went through each guy, and you know, you made say four glaring mistakes or three. I just need everybody to make one less mistake. Uh, you, you're not, you, you can still make mistakes, but we got to, everybody's got to do one thing better. And if you did, if you did, you know, if you covered something better or, or took one less bad shot or uh, managed the game a little better, then, then we either go in with the lead at halftime or, you know, it's a close game. Instead, we, we just kind of mismanaged it that last seven minutes. So just our, our game management and, you know, all the little details 
uh, Bob, there was a hundred things in that game that, that I was just kind of disappointed in, uh, especially when we got down. We just, the wheels came off all four plus the spare and we didn't have enough <laughs> kind of uh, leadership out there. And, and, you know, quite honestly, it's on me. Everybody's got to do a better job of, of just managing a game like that a lot better than, than we did. All right, now we'll talk specifically about Hartford. Uh, you know, Joe and I watched the game you watched. They played uh, UConn on uh, Friday night, and they, they, look, they look pretty good in that game. And you're going to get them twice this week. Uh, your impressions of Hartford, what's going to make them a difficult matchup? Yeah, they, they, they got a lot of guys who can score the basketball. Uh, you know, I, I say Moses Flower, if you flipped uniform forms the other night, you would have thought he would be on, like, one of the UConn teams. So. Yeah. And, and they present some problems at the four spot. I think he's their, their most unique player in the kid, Hunter Marks. So uh, they're a very good offensive team. And, and last year, their defensive numbers were, were really good. I think they led the country in defending the three. Uh, had, so they were a 20-win you know, team or, or something like that last year. And uh, I know they lost a good player, but they return a good bunch. And we're going to have to play well to beat them. It's, it's just what it is. They've got, you know, kind of five guys who can score on the floor at all at all times. So... Our defense is going to have to be a lot better than it was. And, uh, you know, a lot of split action, a lot of, a lot of type of stuff that we're going to have to do a better job of communicating and defending than, than we did against Providence. Yeah, uh, you catch a little bit of a break, although I don't know if it's a break or not, but it seems as if playing two games at two nights is a, is a challenge for them. And that's what they're going to be doing. They actually uh, got a cherry-picked here uh, by Villanova in this case. They're playing Villanova. Well, we're – talking to you here on Tuesday. They're playing them in a few hours, and they turn around and play you. Well, the question I'm leading to is, you know, Villanova picked them up kind of like on the fly. Have you had any schools approach you in a similar situation, needing an opponent like Villanova needed an opponent here? Did anybody approach Fairfield and said, hey, can you come in and give us a game? Yeah, we've, we've had uh, some offers, and, and we just haven't been able to work them out uh, schedule-wise. And part of the problem is with the late cancellations – if we, if I knew what I knew now uh, with Sacred Heart and Stony Brook, I probably would have played a game during the weekend. But yeah. by the time we we were offered early, we turned them down because we had games, and then those were offers were off the table. So we did, and especially with that bubble going on at Mohegan Sun, where it's close, where we could get up there pretty quickly. But um, I said to you guys before, it's kind of like when you used to te- call your old, not text. We didn't have a cell phone when I was going up. Your old buddies and trying to get a pickup game together in a couple hours. That's kind of <laughs> what college basketball is like now. Yeah, yeah. We're we're, you know, it's, you're just doing games on the fly right now. Uh, we hit upon this uh, last week. We'll kind of make this a weekly thing, and I hope uh, most of the time you say uh, we're good. There's nothing to talk about. But, uh, you know, Jason Edipai with the, the mono and John Kelly with the foot injury, any updates on their progress? Uh, I mean, Jason is, is just, you know, he's sitting out the required amount of time. He actually feels fine. Uh, but you know, you got to be careful with, uh, uh, you know, contact w- when you have mono. So I think he comes back somewhere around the second week of December and, uh, John Kelly is still being evaluated with the foot. Um, we will probably know a little more on him next week, but both of those guys will not be available, you know, for the foreseeable future. Joe, anything from you before we wrap things up here? No, no. The only thing is, um, Bob and I, you, you and I talked earlier. I saw an interview with uh, Tom Izzo from Michigan State, and he. this is not a question. It's going to be a statement. And um, I'm sure you thought of it already, Jay. If you haven't, it's going to probably make you more miserable. Um, <laughs> uh, 
Um, he said he's trying to play more guys now because he's afraid that down the road there's going to be a COVID victim, if you will, and he's going to need depth. Your issue is you don't have anybody. You right. don't have anybody to play. Yeah, the, the – uh, You know, with Jason out and Kelly out yeah, and – We're just down bodies. Um, and they're kind of – a lot of them are in the front court too. That didn't help us the other day where you could steal some minutes with, with John at the four, certainly with Jason up front, not having Zach. So, you, you know, I was worried about was Zach playing what their front court was going to do to us you know, rebounding the ball and with those big physical, and then you lose him before the game. Uh, not that I didn't know there was there was a possibility. I certainly did, but uh, not only are we down bodies, they're kind of all in the front court, um, and right. and you know we just got to move some guys around. You know, AJ might have to slide down. We've been working him with some four um, and play him down there too. So, yeah, it's it's it is what it is. I, I you know, it, I may sound down. I'm really not. Um, you know, yeah, and I didn't mean to say more no, miserable. I, I just no, I, 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 I feel your pain with I, all with all the sacrifices you guys have had to make. Everybody, you know, everybody in college basketball, and with your injuries, uh, we know your team's going to be play hard. We know they're going to be in every game. You just wish you had a full, you know, allotment of guys yeah. you can play. Hartford's coming in with ten guys, Jay, uh, ten guys depth. They go ten deep. And they've had a full allotment of practices. They have right. not paused at all. Right. So, uh, you know, again, Bob, you talked about a disadvantage maybe of playing Villanova tonight. But from an advantage standpoint, this is an experienced team. Um, and, and and they've really been able to practice and put everything in in game situations. And so uh, it, it, that's what I meant by uh, saying well, – I, I, no, I've been miserable. miserable. I, I have been miserable. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> That's not incorrect what you said. It wasn't, an, uh, wasn't a great Thanksgiving at, at the Young household, that's for sure. It wasn't – we weren't uh, – but, uh, you know, I, look, we, we, we've got to compete more. We've, I understand the situation we're in, but I told the guys we're not using that as an excuse. It is what it is, and we've got to find a way through this, and we're going to do that. We're going to play hard. We've got to get back to what we do best. And uh, there are always obstacles. We've got to keep things in perspective. And, and you know, there's a piece of me that, that hopes that the NCAA will come to their senses. And, and uh, you know, there is a little talk of that, of, of maybe, uh, you know, allowing these kids to play at some point this year. I, you know, I think when you see what's happening around college basketball and, and the fact that, you know, every – uh, person is so valuable this year with injuries, with COVID-related stuff that, and they get the year back anyway. I, I quite honestly can't see the rationale for any of it, but um, uh, I'm hoping that I, I do have a glimmer of hope that we might see these guys in a, in a in a Fairfield uniform this year. I'm also optimistic that there's probably a, a good chance that that won't happen. But we're going to get through this, and uh, it's a challenging year for everybody in college basketball, not just Fairfield, and, and we're going to find a way to be better. Yeah, Coach, uh, we're at our time limit here just about, uh, but I don't want to leave it hanging on that. I just want to clarify that. That's actually news to me, maybe, Joe. Is there an appeal process uh, going well, no. on here? I mean, I mean, it, it would have to be reversed for, for all of them, not just for our guys. So, you know, there is, some, there is some talk, um, and I guess it's just talk uh, at this point about, you know, maybe allowing some, some uh, these guys to play. 
but you know, it's, it's a long shot and, and, you know, yeah. um, I'm trying to keep their hopes up. I'm trying to keep our, you know, the, the realities, we will probably not have them for the year, but um, I don't want them to, you know, and there, there is a, a possibility as we go, go forward that the NCA will see this for what it is, I hope, and, and make some decisions here to allow all these kids to play who have been denied appeals. Good positive thought, Coach. As uh, hey, look, the good news is the uh, the calendar has turned to December. You have a fresh slate here. Three games coming up this week. You get the spare tire back in the trunk. The four tires are back on the car. Hope that uh, Stags Cruiser is uh, humming along at this time next week when we check in with you again. All right. Appreciate that'll it, guys. Do. Thank you, Coach. Good stuff as always. And that'll do it for this edition of Open Court with Jay Young. Next week, we hopefully will have three games to talk about. You never know these days. But on the schedule for the Stags, two games against Hartford, then the matchup against Stony Brook. We will also get you ready next week for the start of the MAC season. Here it comes. The Stags open conference play with home games against Siena on December 11th and 12th. So we'll talk about that next time we join you on Open Court for Joe, uh, Jay Young and the Fairville Hall of Famer, Joe DeSantis. I'm Bob Huesler. Thanks for listening to Open Court with Jay Young. We'll catch you again next week. The Open Court Podcast is a presentation of Fairfield University Athletics. For future podcasts, videos, news, stats, and coverage of Fairfield Stags men's basketball, log on to fairfieldstags.com.